The local church is a collection of people who are being transformed by Jesus, who live in a community purposefully to model and proclaim Jesus. Scripture tells us to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have. Every story is unique. Each person is an individual who has met Jesus. All of us have strengths and weaknesses. Together, we are the church, and these are our stories. Welcome back to the Generations Church Podcast. I'm Jeff Luddington, and today I have a good friend with me. David Brown is here. He is not only on staff here at the church as an associate therapist working on his licensing as a marriage and family therapist. He's also a good friend of Lisa's and mine. So David, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's, it's great to be here. All right, man. I feel like you kind of grew up in front of me. So you've been around the church. Uh, how old are you? 26. This isn't a trick question. If you can't get that, we're going to struggle today. It, it is always right. a struggle with that question if you ask anybody. So. All right. So um, <laughs> you, I feel like, you know, we've, you've been around the church for at least 10 years. And so yeah. I feel like we've gotten to watch you grow up. And yet, even today, listening to what stands out to you in your story, I heard new things. Mm-hmm. And so really cool. Always enjoy that. Uh, so David, take us back to kind of the beginning, the foundation of your faith. Yeah, so my the foundation of my faith, um, it really comes from my my grandfather and my grandmother, you know, my mom's my mom's parents. They were instrumental in me being a Christian and very much so till today, you know, even though they're no longer with me in my family. You know, my grandfather especially is and he was such a man of faith, such such a strong man of faith, and everything that he did really was for the Lord. Um, he, at every opportunity, would try and tell someone about God and the love that he has for them, and making sure that his grandchildren also know, right, that God loves them, and he, you know, he loves them too, and bringing us around and telling the stories of his faith and how it has shaped his life and how Jesus could shape our lives too. That's awesome. And so you, at least, uh, you know, you've, you've grown up in the church, like I said, so how was faith in your home? And so your personal, that's your grandfather. Mm-hmm. How was faith in your home? So in our, in our home with, you know, my family and my, my two brothers, uh, I would say it was central to what we did. And I think at some point we kind of lost our way. We didn't really have a home church. We weren't going to church regularly. And it wasn't until, you know, high school when I was going to the youth group here, yeah. which was uh, Park Church at the at the time, yeah. um, you know, that I suggested to my family, you know, hey, why don't we, we go to church on Sunday? Hmm. And just kind of from, from that point, just being more engaged in the church. And I think, uh, you know, from being in youth group, also just having more discussions with my grandfather when he was alive of what faith looks like to me and what is it for me to be a Christian and have that as a central part of my identity. Hmm. And as a, as a family, I think it was kind of stretched for some of my family members and especially when losing my grandfather, you know, him being such a strong spiritual leader for our family, it was a major loss. And 
it was, I think, and still is a little difficult for certain members to take up that mantle and mm. for themselves find what it is to be a spiritual leader. How long ago, how long did your grandpa pass away? He passed away in, oh man. Ballpark. Maybe, maybe, well, so I'm 26. So when I was 12, he passed oh. away. Okay, that's a while ago. So, yeah, quite a while ago. But that contributes to your story. So a strong spiritual leadership presence mm -hmm. into, and I, you didn't say this, but it feels like into kind of almost a vacuum, like a place where there is a Christian family, but the loss of strong leadership. And I know that becomes a theme later for you. So take us mm -hmm. to now... So you have a background, you're, you're raised in the church, you, you know, end up going to a youth group, and, and you're part of the reason your family re-engages with church uh, and stays engaged, right? From, mm -hmm. from that point on forward to today, stay engaged in church. And so take me to that, um, what I'll often call like the crisis. Take, take me to the place where kind of everything hits the fan for your mm -hmm. faith before, yeah, before the turning point. Sure, yeah. And... I think this is a little bit more of a, of a recent event, you know, for, for those who, who know me as, as you do, right. I spent a long time in school as I went from, you know, getting my bachelor's straight into my master's and with that working a lot of hours in the jobs that several I had. Jobs, yeah. yeah. At times several, having several jobs, uh, working some days, seven days a week, depending. Yeah. And I think within that time period, my faith and its importance in my life started to fade a little bit. Um, as you know, we have discussed many times, you know, kind of using this metaphor of I went from going to the deep end of the pool, knowing that it was safe for me to do, really finding a depth of my sense of, of faith and, and a sense of Christianity mm -hmm. in my relationship with Christ. You know, going deeper into that to wading back into the shallow end. And I, I think it was such a gradual process. Let me ask you about that. It wasn't conscious, yeah. So here's what I just heard, uh, and I just want to ask if this is accurate. And so you have a kind of a vision for your life, and I know that you've known you wanted to be a therapist for a while. So mm -hmm. you're headed in that direction. You do your undergrad. You're headed off to Chapman. You're going to do your, your graduate degree, your master's you're working a lot to help pay for that and do all those things. And so what I heard was just kind of a busyness, life goals, all good things. Like working is a good thing, right? Yeah. You know, going to school is a good thing. Having a direction for your life, all a good thing. And your faith. And, but it pulls you out. Like you use the, you know, the image of deep end. So it pulls you back to the shallow. And so it really pulls your faith to a place that is distraction, a good way of saying it. I think so. Yeah. These, the busyness of life of, you know, working and then doing this intense sure. program, I think for, in a lot of aspects, it was a distraction for my faith and not something that led me deeper into it. Okay. So what brings that to a head that causes the change? Yeah. So the change, um, as I said, is more recent and, you know, as I'm figuring out life outside of grad school, you know, I was in a relationship and it was something that f for us was long term. And, you know, we thought this was what God wanted for us. And suddenly it, it is something that he calls us out of. And okay. it's something that 
is, you know, we walk away from in a sense of obedience, but also a sense of confusion. And within that, within that process, there's a lot of pain, a lot of confusion, a lot of uncertainty and the crossroads really coming to, okay, well, I can't do this by myself. Okay. This is not something that I have answers to of why this is happening. And knowing that God is very much part of this process, but maybe right. The crossroads being, do I want to know, you know, what God has, am I going mm-hmm. to go further towards him? Am I going to go towards him? Or is this my moment to say, you know what, God, you took this from me True. and I don't know that I want what you have. You know, I'm angry with you. I'm upset with you. Well, let me ask you about that. So you say it in such a way, and this is your demeanor, mm-hmm. right? And so you're, you're pretty chill as it goes anyhow. And your job is to be a calm force. <laughs> you know, I mean, I get that, right? But you just said like, so, hey, we're in this very serious relationship. We thought that's what God wanted for us. And then God calls us out of that. And there's almost a sense of like, we're going this direction together. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, God peacefully kind of says, hey, you two know, that's not how I recall it going down. So no. kind of elaborate a little yeah. bit. Not, I mean, yeah. how did that go for you and your faith? Sure. Like, how did that happen to you? Man, I mean, even when I talk about it today, um, those emotions are still strong in that the calling out in a place of, hey, God, that's, that's not what I thought we were doing. Right. Not that's, what I want to do. That's, yeah, right. not what I feel like doing. Right, right. And, you know, there was, you know, for those who walked with me, they know the immense heartbreak, the amount of tears, you know, yeah. were endless, the questioning, the conversations around that of why is this happening? Yeah. So and, this was love. This was future. This was, we're talking about marriage. This was mm-hmm. serious. Yeah. And it comes to an end and you've had... Maybe if, you're li- if somebody's listening right now, they haven't heard the theme yet, but there is this sense of this strong leader that goes away, that your mm-hmm. grandpa passes away. And there's a bit of a leadership vacuum. You end up as a high school student actually in some ways being a spiritual leader or spiritual influence to your family, drawing back to church, but that actually becomes a theme for you. So how does that play out in you, your faith and your faith? Yeah. You know, for those who haven't maybe experienced such a strong spiritual leader, I mean, my grandfather was working miracles. You know, I have seen him do miraculous things of telling people their life story. You know, these people he has never met before and him going through a very um, intense pain. You know, his disease Mm -hmm. was that his lungs were filling up with liquid. And so every breath for him was painful. And yet with joy, he would go to doctor's appointments. And Mm -hmm. as nurses are drawing his blood, say, you know, I have royal blood. (laughs) And they would be like, what? He's like, my blood is, is the blood of Jesus Christ. He is, I have royal blood. He is my king. And, you know, nurses looking at him like, okay. Right. You know, but for him, it was such a joy. And with his, these breaths, you know, God giving him enough strength to say, you know, an entire, entire, you know, 20 verses straight without sure. taking a breath. And then right after that, going back into to painful, slow breaths. And, you know, these miracles 
just surrounding you. And so when that vacuum, when, when it leaves, when that is gone, now we have these family members like, okay, who's going to be the next one? Sure. Who's going to fill that? And I think more importantly, how do you fill that? Okay. So go ahead. Yeah. And for me now it's, well, for some sense, I have to take upon that myself, right? As we talk about, you have to be the spiritual leader of your own life. And it's like, okay, cool. What does that mean? Right. How do I do that? How do I do what he did? Okay. So at some level, this crisis, and crisis is, is maybe not the absolutely correct word, but this this place where life is, that's actually probably a better, life is in crisis. There's like mm-hmm. a, hey, a sense of crisis of faith, right? Like, okay, I thought, God, you were calling me this way. Mm-hmm. Clearly, you're now calling me the exact opposite way. There was a, a strong spiritual presence. Now there's an absence of that. I, I sense that I need to be that, but I've been so focused on other things. I've, you know, waded back into the shallow end, and, and I'm not the mature man I should be. So... I know, and again, sometimes our stories of faith are all about how we came to faith, and sometimes mm-hmm. our stories of faith are about how God takes us to the next step of the journey. And so this isn't your conversion moment, but it absolutely is a conversion to the man that you are today. Yeah. So how does Jesus enter in that story? There's been the breakup. There's more questions than answers. There's deep hurt. There's all this, and there's a vacuum that you sense you need to call. So how yeah. does Jesus enter into that part? Yeah. So in, in my, in my story, you know, a lot of, and I'm sure you know this about me, you know, I'm a very independent person, but within my faith, that has been true as well. I have tried Mm -hmm. to do things myself. I have tried to figure things out myself. And of course, you know, there's moments when I come to you and ask questions and, but I think for the majority of it, you know, there's that space of doing things alone because I, I can do it. I don't need someone else. And in this moment of crossroads, in this moment of, of questioning, you know, why is this happening? It, it was a, I can no longer do this myself. Mm. I have no strength here. Everything that I thought made me strong is now taken from me. And I have to find a way to continue to do life because at this point, you know, I am practicing as a therapist and I have clients who rely on me for guidance in their own life. And it's like, I'm like, how am I supposed to help you? And I'm trying to figure out my own life and this thing has happened. And so a lot of it is coming into relationship with other people and as, as using this metaphor, right having the my uh putting my floaties on of brother you are not strong enough to swim on your own you are not strong enough to swim in the deep end yet but we'll come alongside you and give us we'll give you our own strength to help you be there at least even just a little bit there's this when people say um i'm gonna it feels like i had your word for word way but like i can't do this on my own a lot of times people will say that and the strength that they lean into is God. You've mm-hmm. had that, but there's a particular way that, that 
that God does this for you. And I, I'm reminded of the story of Moses and Aaron and Hur, whether he's up on the mountainside and when he holds his arms up, the, the battle is victorious and the people are there, you know, and, and they're winning. And, and yet uh, when he gets tired, his arms go down and the, and the people start losing, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah, Aaron and her, they come alongside him and lift his arms up, right? And so they, they help him. You use the words floaties, you know, yeah. a minute ago, like in the pool, like, hey, with this help. And the help that God provide, the help found in Christ, the, the gospel moment was found in community. It was others running yeah. alongside you. Is that, it? Is that right? Found in community and within that space, you know, the encouragement to run deeper, to run closer to to him, to seek him for answers. Mm. And in that moment, you know, I remember um, I was kind of taking a break from all my crying and, and all my sadness, and I was going to go pick something up from my aunt's house. And as I'm driving, I just have this question, like, just wholeheartedly, my entire soul just crying out to God, like, God, what is this for? What are we, like, what are we doing and his voice just so gently just entering into, you know, I could only say my own consciousness, sure. right? His, definitely not my own voice. My voice sounds very different. His right. voice entering into that space and saying, this is a moment to grow you. Hmm. And within that space, I mean, that's, I feel like that was my moment, my where he broke me of my need to do it myself. And he's like, mm-hmm. this is, this is a moment to grow you. And not only is it to grow you, but I'm here to do it with you. I have a sense of peace that is here for you. If you, if you want it, mm. if you just, just let me be here with you. Let me have this sense of peace. And man, even now I'm, yeah, well, yeah. let, me, let me say this, man, and, and uh, there's two, two common struggles that I see in modern Christianity that you wrestled with. One is, is kind of being solo, right, in your mm-hmm. Christi- Christianity. And, and so forgive me if you're listening. I had lunch with Vinnie Hankey yesterday, so everything is coming out in alliteration. So there's, <laughs> there's solo and there's shallow, right? And so if I had a third one, I could be a Baptist. But uh, <laughs> so solo and, and shallow, so you're trying to do things alone, and you got and you and you often you and and your family for a season settled for shallow mm-hmm. i think that's common today lots of christians often by choice are doing this thing called christianity or our faith or you know the gospel we're doing it alone that's not the design right yeah absolutely the result is also shallow it's our faith is often very shallow uh, sometimes people don't even know their faith is shallow. That's all they've experienced. That's all they see around them. So to those whose journey is different, but doing things alone, doing things solo, or not having a depth of faith, being shallow in their faith. And, and I'm not putting people down. I'm saying it's, it's a place. Shallow yeah. isn't like you call someone shallow. That's mm-hmm. bad. I mean, like a shallowness of faith. What would you say to them right now? How would you encourage them that there is more? Yeah. I think for those who are in that place or those who are finding themselves wanting to go deeper, the depth of faith is, I think, can be scary, right? Mm-hmm. I think for me, one of the, the back backstops to that was, well, what will God call me to do? Mm. We hear these, well, 
look at the disciples. You know, they, <laughs> as you say a lot, right? They yeah. died very bloody deaths, very yeah. horrific. They they experienced these horrific things, and it's not a fear of what he will call me to do. It is a desire for him to use me and to go in the deep end is also to experience a, a space of peace, a space of comfort. You know, it doesn't feel like you're in the deep end because you're being upheld by something mm. bigger and larger than you are. Yeah. Your feet are on, on a sense of solid, solid ground. That's good. I, I think there, so if, Try to think of the person listening right now, and, I, and it's really hard to get outside of the fact that I know you and I know mm-hmm. your story and I hear this. And so I'm trying to define shallow, or I'm trying to give some indicators. And, mm-hmm. and what I thought of was if your life is easily knocked off course, right, yeah. from your faith, there is likely either you're doing it solo mm-hmm. or you may have some struggles with the shallow. And uh, if you, you know, if the hard things of life dominate and control you versus your faith being in control during the hard, yeah, and I mean hard things, right? And COVID was a great example, really revealed when we were flying solo, right? Absolutely. For sure, it revealed some holes there. And for those that were shallow in faith at the moment, right, really, really struggled yeah. with lots of questions. Yeah, I think from this this period of of life that i've been in this kind of vision of a very intense and thick fog right imagining yourself standing and you can't see anything in front of you and a lot of us try to walk through that not knowing what's in front of us like hmm. yep if i just take another step i'll be okay but i can't see what's in front of me and doing that and continuing to do that, you could walk off a cliff, right. you could walk into the middle of traffic. In, in, my, in, my, in this season, in my experiencing this, by staying still and remembering that God is my solid base, there is more peace mm. in that. There is more safety in just remembering God is my ground. He is what makes me safe right why move in the fog when i can't see what's in front of me and instead i can rely upon my safety my you know i can pray i can really seek god and as i seek him right he says if if you seek him he he will come to you 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 know he will find you in that place and that's the thing i would suggest if you focus on your solid ground if you focus on your faith upon Jesus, upon, you know, the things that strengthen us as Christians, reading our Bible, being in community, seeking community if you don't have one, you will find that peace. You will find your solid ground, and the fog will lift in its time. Yeah. If you're listening right now, you, uh, what you just heard is a guy who who is trained as a therapist, right? And and does <laughs> give direction to all kinds of people, young and old, you know, and, and rich and poor and, you know, black and white, male and female, whatever you want to do. And a pastor who does the same thing. And we will both tell you that life throws us off track, right? That there is no arriving 
Yeah. That's permanent, right? Okay, so hey, I'm a pastor. That means I got it all handled. Well, that's not true. Or hey, I'm a therapist. That's not what it is. Like life is still going to happen to you and going to happen to me. And everything we say for everyone else applies to us too. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Well, very good, David. Thank you so much. And if you're listening, we're telling stories of faith and how Jesus intersects those stories. What God does in us and through us often relates to others. And so we'd love it if you would share this story with others and stay tuned, subscribe, and listen to our next story of faith.